0: And welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm Katie B. Taylor. Today, we're talking about the filmed version of the musical Waitress and the cozy mystery series Myrtlewood Mysteries, which sounds so cute. <laughs> it is cute.
1: It's, this is very, I think the theme of today is things that are cute. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But also there's a little bit of drama there too. There's a little bit of drama. Yes. Yes. So you recently, we talked about this on our wrap up best of film Mm -hmm. episode last week's or last episode. Yes. So yeah. Tell me about, I've seen the original movie and that's it.
0: Okay. I was going to ask you that,
1: Mm -hmm. that you would consider a
0: movie. The film (laughs) musical you would not consider a movie. Correct. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this is a filmed version of a Broadway musical called Waitress the Musical, which I was always interested in because the music was written by Sarah Bareilles, music and lyrics. And Sarah, as we know, is one of my favorite musicians. Uh-huh. I just really love her writing. So this became a musical a couple years ago. I don't actually remember which year, but. It was on Broadway for a while, and then it toured. So I took my sister to see this because we're we both like Sarah Bareilles. And then during COVID nineteen, or in in the midst of it, I guess when they were trying to Broadway was trying to open up again in twenty twenty one, they brought Sarah Bareilles back for the lead role, and they filmed this over the course of a few days. Uh So it is based on the two thousand seven film. Which stars Carrie Russell, one of your faves. Mm-hmm. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same basic plot. Mm-hmm. Sarah Bareilles plays Jenna, who is a waitress at a pie diner in in some unspecified sort of southern state, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, she is sort of unhappy with her life <laughs> mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. And. When I I saw this by myself, okay, I'll get into that later. But okay, so she's in an unhappy marriage with a man named Earl, played in this version by Joe Tippett, who is actually Sarah Bareilles' real-life partner. Uh And I think that's how they met through the show, through the previews and stuff. And he is not a very good guy. And it's also implied that he's pretty abusive, at least at different points. Uh-huh. And she finds out in the very quickly in the show that she's pregnant. And this has thrown her for a loop because obviously she basically wants to leave her husband and she's like, well, this is gonna make that difficult. <laughs> and also another reason it's difficult is because she works at a diner and she doesn't have a lot of money. And you see that she when she comes home or even Earl will come into the diner and demand her tips. Oh. So she hasn't been able to save up a lot because he t- he takes most of it. So she has two friends in the diner. One is Becky, played by Charity Angel Dawson. And she is a fun person. She also feels like a, maybe a little bit lost. Um, she has an older husband who is not doing well health-wise. Oh. So she basically has to take care of him a lot. And I think that's put her in a difficult position because she still loves him, but it's obviously a lot of work. And, you know, the relationship has disintegrated a little bit. And then there's Dawn, played by Caitlin Houlihan, and she is really nerdy. And her plot is that she's afraid of dating, like she wants to put herself out there, but she's just sort of terrified of all of the possibilities that will come with that. So she has, a, she has a kind of cute storyline. So they all work at this pie shop for old Joe, who is the owner of Joe's Pie Diner. And he's pretty curmudgeonly. <laughs> and then there's Cal, who is the cook and the manager. And he always gets on the girls' cases about, like, why are you spending so much time in the bathroom when, like, Jenna's taking a pregnancy test? (laughs) (laughs) And things like that. Or, like, you know, they're always having personal conversations. And he's like, can you please wait the tables? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then she's sort of stuck and finding out she's pregnant sort of kicks everything off. And she goes to the local obstetrician who she's surprised to find out is not the the very old woman who gave birth to her. <laughs> that doctor is like 80 now and she's retired. So there's a new doctor in town named Jim Pometer, and he's played by Drew Gelling. And he's pretty nerdy too. He's very anxious and like silly. So he actually puts her off for a little bit at, at first. She's just like you're too weird. <laughs> <laughs> But then it becomes sort of a connective relationship, and they are physically attracted to each other, but also it becomes sort of an emotional – what's the word I'm looking for? Like a safe place for her emotionally to talk to him and, like, be with him and – It helps her figure out some stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a pretty simple plot. Like basically a waitress finds out she's pregnant by her abusive husband and then has an affair with the (laughs) OBGYN. Very simple plot. But I love the songs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've I can't remember if we've talked about this before when we were talking about. I remember we talked about one of her Sarah Bareilles' live albums and she had some Mm -hmm. songs from this in it. So I love the songs because I love Sarah Bareilles. And one of the things that she does so well is tie things together. So the main backbone of this story and of Jenna as a character is baking. Uh She loves to bake. She was taught by her mom. And she feels connected to her mom, who is now deceased, through baking pies. Uh And... There's also a little bit of a funny aspect because she calls the pies weird things. (laughs) I can't think of any right now, which is bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can think of one, but it has a bad word in it. Uh Oh. So through, through the songs when she's baking, that's when you get a lot of her emotional moments. So at the beginning you find out that it connects her to her mom. A little while later after you find out, find out about Earl You realize that her mom was also in an abusive marriage and she's like, why did we never leave? And then down the line, she bakes with Dr. Pominer, She bakes with her friends and it becomes this way to connect with the people she loves, which I think is really sweet and emotional. And just I, I like I cried like four times. Oh, And I actually did go see this in theaters because it came out for a couple weeks in December. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to come out on streaming at some point to buy. I'm not sure if it will be free anywhere. Mm. But I went, it was like the the Monday before Christmas and like work was really dead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, was really, it actually snowed that day, so it was really snowy and cold, uh-huh. and I went by myself, and I was just like, this is very... It felt like a warm hug, Aww. but also it made me really emotional because I really connect with Jenna in the sense, not that I'm pregnant and I'm going to have an affair, but in the sense <laughs> that she is really lost in life, and I feel a little bit lost too, so... Oh. The way that and like her friends are lost too. So the way that everything works out at the end always makes me really happy. And there's there's a lyric in one of the last songs that says every right thing will find this right place. Aww. And I really just kind of clung on to that at the end, and I was like, oh, maybe like maybe things do get better, and maybe life can be better and stuff like that. Not that I'm you know doing awfully <laughs> or anything. <laughs> But I just, yeah, I really connected with him emotionally. And I love seeing Sarah Bareilles act because I've only really seen her in Girls 5 Eva, uh-huh. <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> but it's um, it's obviously more of, a, more of a comedy than this. This is a comedy drama. Uh-huh. So she gets to test herself and stretch her range and everything. And it, she's actually a really good actress, which I never super expect of. Of singers. <laughs> it was just a ton of fun, and I really loved it. And I don't know if I ever would recommend it to you because I'm not sure how big of a musical you are, musical fan you are. Oh,
1: I love musicals. Yeah, we've, oh. we've talked about that.
0: Yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay.
1: I'm sorry. It's been a while. That's okay. That's okay.
0: Then, yeah, I think you might enjoy this. Cool. I will let you know if it ever comes out for free on streaming. Awesome. But, yeah, I had I had a really good time. I felt Good. very happy.
1: Good. That's great. No, I like the original movie, although I only watched it, I saw it when it came out in the theater, and that's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever seen it, um, okay. so it's been a long time, but I remember Nathan Fillion was the doctor in that, and yes. he was very cute, and <laughs> Carrie Russell was great, but that has the sad story of the director and the woman who played Dawn getting – Right. Yeah.
0: I wasn't going to bring that up. But. Well –
1: It's a bittersweet, yeah, I mean, it's a bittersweet story because of that, so I think that's why I've been a little reluctant, but I think, you know, she also deserves her legacy to live on, and that's great that they've adapted it, so,
0: Yeah, that's a good point, that's a great point, yeah, because that is a very sad event. Yeah, but, yeah, good, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you've been enjoying a book series that one of our Uh friends has not super enjoyed, so I'm (laughs) I'm very curious to hear about it and to hear why you like it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this is a series by author Iris Beaglehole, and that is apparently a pen name (laughs) we just discovered (laughs) before we recorded. Um, She's written other books under different names and stuff, but this is a cozy mystery series with elements of supernatural stuff. So the series is called called the Myrtlewood Mysteries and there are 8 books. Wow. Yeah. I finished the first book and I started reading the second book and it follows right along and I I don't know right as of right now I think I may try to read the whole series. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I have a I have a tendency to fall apart on series and not always finish them but yeah. But if I keep going maybe I'll get good momentum. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So the first book is called Accidental Magic. And it does stand alone pretty well. So if you want to try it, but you don't want to do the giant commitment like I might, you can read just the first one. But I will say, we have a friend who read this first one and hated it to the point of making fun of it. And I didn't remember what the name of the book was or who it was by or anything about it. And then this was advertised to me on social media in like a little ad as being Gilmore Girls meets Practical Magic. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like it was created for me. So yes. I got it. It was like a Kindle like uh, sale item, too. So it was mm-hmm. super cheap. So I'm like, OK, whatever. Easy end of year reading. <laughs> and I get why our friend didn't like some of it, but it is the kind of it's the kind of writing where you can tell the person is so enthusiastic about it and they're going to get better. And by the by, the middle of book two, she's gotten to be better with writing. But I think these were done <laughs> a little bit quickly, let's just say. So put okay. aside your copy editor hat or your, you know, need to have everything be exactly explained because it is just kind of silly fun. But the reason they're calling it Gilmore Girls Meets Practical Magic, it's about a single mom named Rosemary. And her grandmother, her beloved grandmother, has died. And so she and her daughter, Athena, travel. It's, it takes place in England, but it's kind of like not real cities. So everything's sort of just like small towns. So they are they live in one town and it's not very happy. And the mom is just a grocery clerk and she's really unhappy. So they go to this town called Myrtlewood, which is where the grandmother lived, and meet with uh, the grandmother's mysterious lawyer who Rosemary finds kind of dreamy, but <laughs> but but weird and mysterious and creepy too. And he's like, yeah, you actually inherited the house, which is like a manor house. And she's got a bunch of money that you didn't know about. And it's all yours. But your grandmother might have been murdered. So you can't have everything because you're technically a suspect. So she's like, oh, no. And <laughs> they go to the manor house. And it's, it's a disaster on the outside. It's just falling apart. It. Has seen better days, and so the daughter is like, "We're not staying here. This this is gross." <laughs> and the mom's like, "Well, we also live in a you know two room apartment that's not much better. So let's just <laughs> see what's up." So as soon as they enter the house, it like repairs itself, oh. and it's all pretty and put together. And they're like, "Oh, well, maybe this won't be so bad." Hmm. But there is this. I think there's a thing where they they do know the grandmother might have been a witch. But they also don't know who else knows that or how common that is or what the what's the deal. But it slowly comes out that like the whole town is full of magical people. And they know about magic and they knew the grandmother was magical. And, and there's more than just witches, there's vampires and shapeshifters and all kinds of stuff. So it quickly ends up being like, Oh, well, yeah, whatever. And you're gonna, you're a witch too. And Rosemary's like, I don't think so. But Rosemary is very scatterbrained and forgetful. And she's mid 30s, but she does come off a lot younger and goofier. And Athena, her daughter, is a little bit more of the responsible one. So there is this kind of Lorelai and Rory Gilmore dynamic, although much more dramatic. So that's kind of cute, although it's a little bit, if you don't like that kind of personality, it's going to It's a little bit grating at times, because sometimes I do feel like, Rosemary, you need to be a grown-up and behave yourself, and she just is not very good at that. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the first book is trying to figure out who killed the grandmother, and whether Rosemary is a witch, and how she can unlock her powers, and if if Athena is also a witch. And there's a little bit of a mystery about Athena's dad, uh, which starts to come out a little bit more at the beginning of book two. and. Rosemary needs to navigate, like, wrapping up her old life, moving to this new town. She's also not allowed to leave the city limits due to the murder investigation. So there's some logistical comedy there. And I don't know. It's just, it's very, very cozy. It's very silly. It's very lighthearted. The mysteries are not very complicated. They're not really investigating them exactly. They just sort of stumble around asking each other questions about who might have done this crime or whatever. And (laughs) so if you want like a hard boiled, you know, Sherlock Holmes type of thing, it's not going to give you that, but it's just sort of feel good. And their dynamic is pretty cute. But they also have some, some friction between them a little bit. I mean, Athena is a pure teenager, and she's got a lot of moodiness. And again, (laughs) Rosemary is very flighty and flaky. So if those personality types would irritate you, then maybe this is not for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do think that book two, and I'm not I'm not fully finished with book two yet. Book two has already sort of started to feel a little bit uh stronger writing and a little bit more sure about the characters. Okay. And we also get the first hint of there being a school of magic in the town. Ooh. And it's not it's not very we'll just say it's not much like the most famous school of magic <laughs> in literature okay <laughs> and similar to that there are there are characters who are non-binary and there are characters who are LGBTQ and they are represented very positively so if that is another thing that, bugs you about the most famous magic school series then you will have a nice respite from that in this series yeah and so also if you like british people being british there's a lot of just (laughs) cuteness in that regard and um they're always drinking tea there's a running thing of this mother and daughter drinking so much tea like there can be a literal threat of like the house is about to get burned down we need to make some tea So I think it's perfect for wintertime reading. Like I said, very, very cozy, like literally cozy. There's a little cat who shows up in book two. I mean, it can't be more cozy, right? So (laughs) just super adorable. So the first... So, it's accidental magic is the first book. Okay. Experimental magic is the second one. And then there's combustible magic, celestial magic, delectable magic, bountiful magic, formidable magic, and unspeakable magic. Whoa. And then she's got a spin off series, or actually, there's a standalone called The Witches of Holloway Road. Oh, wow. And then there's a spin off series that she has the first book of called The Crone of Midnight Embers. And that is in the new series Myrtlewood Crones. So. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot, yes. But yeah, there's a lot of food. There's like a little tea shop that is run by a friend of theirs and serves a lot of cute little cakes. So if you want to hear about cozy food things, cakes and teas, and just kind of live in that little environment. And I admit, as I'm reading these, I am just picturing... The tea shop as being Luke's diner from Gilmore Girls. like, And I am literally picturing Lorelai and Rory in these roles, which I think is partially on purpose.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So if you want to, if you want some, it's not technically Gilmore Girls fan fiction. In fact, the author has a note after the first one that she herself is a single mom, or she had been a single mom. She was raised by a single mom. And she was in a book group where somebody was like, I wish there was a magical version of Gilmore Girls, but she kind of based it also on her own experiences. So it is not like identical or fan fiction or anything, but it has a lot of those elements. And it's just so, it's just so sweet. So, yeah. So if you like, there's ghosts, there's vampires, (laughs) there's shapeshifters, there's witches, there's fae, there's a boy who can turn into a fox, which is kind of adorable. Yeah, it's just really sweet. So... Very cool.
0: That yeah. sounds really cute. It's very cute, yeah. I just was looking some up. I might I might dive into the Crone series. Okay. The Crone of Midnight
1: Embers, the Myrtlewood Crones. Yeah, try it out.
0: I'll see what, yeah, I'll see what I think. That's see cute. What you
1: think. Yeah, it's really cute. And then I, the author herself just sounds like a cool lady, and I, she does have other, like I said, other books under different names, and she oh. has like A thing where she herself likes cats and herbs and stuff. So, I mean, she's very on brand.
0: (laughs) Maybe we should have her on.
1: (laughs) Oh, maybe. I don't know. She might be getting too big for us. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely for a certain kind of reader in a certain time of the year. Mm -hmm. And like, there's only, I think, two or three male characters in the whole series so far. So it's very female centric. So nice.
0: Yeah. Well that sounds really cute. I'm glad you yeah. are enjoying them. Thank you. I can't wait for you to read all eight plus the <laughs> spin-off series.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll see. I you know what? One of my reading goals for twenty twenty-four is more fiction, more fiction for fun, less nonfiction. Cause I read a lot of nonfiction in twenty twenty three and I didn't always find it all very satisfying. Mm-hmm. So I definitely need to read more stuff like this for sure.
0: Well, great. Good luck with that. Thank you. My goal is more fantasy in general. Nice. Which can include urban fantasy and yes. contemporary. So
1: yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about waitress um, had been out in theaters. It's probably gonna come on streaming either for pay or some other platform. So we'll keep you updated about that, but you could probably look that up on your own. And Iris Beagle Hole's books are available wherever you get your books, but they are she does have all of the editions in ebook. For sure. So. Okay. Yeah. Sweet.
0: Next time we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff. Be sure to join us soon.
1: And I am not sure if I'll be on the next episode. Um, I'm taking a little bit of a medical break. Carrie is going to fly solo or she's going to have some guest hosts on. But I also am hoping that maybe, maybe I will be able to be back on the next episode since we're releasing every two weeks. So we'll see what happens, but I will be back. We
0: will see. And in the meantime, you're stuck with me.
1: (laughs) No, we wish you
0: a productive and healthy, healthy break and just short convalescence time.
1: Yes, that is what I'm (laughs) hoping. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com.
0: And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, PositivelyPopCulture
1: at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you
0: for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop.